people. Definitions, courtesy of Oxford, Google, my brain. Number one, key that we understand this, right? Because we've been walking through the Advent season. Key that we understand this. Hope is context, okay? Because the hope that they were waiting, the words that were first spoken in Isaiah chapter 7 were, were 700 years before they came to fruition in the first Advent of Jesus Christ. Hope is context. Peace, the activity of God in our lives. Love, the total commitment to the betterment of another. And then this morning, joy, the energy and excitement behind being, getting a good thing done or seeing a good thing happen. Jazz, we talked about jazz this morning, but if you weren't here, you'll have to catch it online, I guess. I don't We also talked about the reality that we celebrate the first Advent tonight and we look forward to the second Advent of Jesus Christ. And in that, we live in this liminal space, liminality, the space in between two things, okay? So the idea of liminality, okay, on your way to, uh, from, from, from teenagehood to adulthood, there's this liminal space, right, that can last for, for decades, for some, right? Okay, so liminal space. And we all live in this liminal space between the first advent of Jesus, which we celebrate tonight, past tense, and the future advent of Jesus when he returns again. Got an early Christmas gift this year. It was a box full of schadenfreude. I experienced this when Tanya was unable to find her phone. For a guy who loses everything, and has a wife who loses nothing, oh, did it feel good. I mean, it felt so, so, so good. But guess what? The very next day, I gave it away when I couldn't find my sports watch. Hope, are you waiting right now? And for what are you waiting? And what is the context of the experience of that wait? And have you been waiting a long time? In the waiting, it can be something, you're waiting for something really cool and good to happen. Or it can be waiting out a really tough thing that you're going through. Hope, are you waiting right now? Peace, this idea of God's activity in our life. Th that we often think that, that peace is the absence of conflict. Okay, and, and fine, that's okay. But, but I want to understand that, that even in the midst of conflict, we can have peace because we live in a world that seems to be surrounded or immersed in conflict. So for me, redefining peace is critical, right? Peace is the activity of God in our lives. And for some of us, we doubt whether or not God is actually active. For some of us, we doubt whether or not God would want to be active in our lives. And here's where the name Emmanuel becomes absolutely important because it describes God. It's a distinctive of the Christian faith that God not only is overall and creator and does all of these cool things, he is also wanting to be close to us, intimate. Right next, he wants to experience life with us. Peace is God's activity. When God is active in our lives, we can have peace even in the midst of chaos. Love, this idea of what do we love? Who do we love? Question of are we willing to love? And even more than that, are we willing to place ourselves in a posture, in a modest enough posture where we can experience the love that God 
has for us. I'll get that. Joy. Talked about it this morning. The energy, the excitement, the, that do it again. The song that starts and doesn't end. Or the dial tone that keeps on ringing. I'm sorry, I have to have fun with you, whoever you are. It's okay. I love you. This is my friend Susan. I love you. It happens to the best of us. Susan is among the best of us. The energy, the excitement, the, the do it again, the song that we joy, but a, join, but a song that never ends. And there's big joy, right? And that's singing in the key of S, salvation. And then there's small joys, right? The, the activity that we experience of God in our lives on a daily basis and seeking out that activity, being in tune to that activity. Big joys and small joys. The promise and potential tied up in our Advent words and in our Advent candles. The sum that when you add them together, you have more than the individual components on their own. And so, yes, more than just words we put on a page so we have four Sundays in December, these things go together. They, they provide a reminder that God is active, that the God that's revealed in the Bible and in nature is distinctive. These reminders happen in a lot of different places, but they certainly happen here in this space. But it's not the space per se. It's, it's the assembly, right? It's the assembly of those in this space anchored in the common language with its own lexicon, whose terms are very specific and yet wonderfully simple. Have you ever wondered, why does it feel so good to be here? Have you ever, like, like when I'm in this space, have you ever thought, how can I replicate this? That, that, that if I could just, like, bottle this up and make this work for the rest of my life, this would be absolutely perfect, right? You know why it feels good to be here? Because we're constantly reminding ourselves of this common lexicon that we share. And it's not just words and definitions on a page. They're, they're words that we live out. It's a conversation that happens over a cup of coffee. It's the engagement with our children and our student ministries where we volunteer, where we engage. It is singing songs of faith. It is hearing stories of faith. And my attempt over the last four weeks has been one in which a memorable lexicon of active definitions is created. And while I do not profess to be Daniel Webster, and my definitions are certainly lacking, they do form an attempt to authentically remind us and engage us. And while we attempt to live them out, we do not live them out alone. Emmanuel God with us, the Savior, providing the big joy, the key of S, the potential and the promise. Emmanuel, the Spirit, is right there all the time. And as good as it feels to be here, have you ever noticed how quickly when you walk out the front doors, how easy it is to forget? 
to get sucked right back into all of the things that seemingly can't pass through these walls. How quickly the tyranny of the urgent possesses this outsized influence in our lives. And what if that didn't have to be the case? What if we could remind ourselves daily, even hourly, of these words and all that they mean for us in an active way? Even beyond the definitions that through our own personal spiritual formation, happening both in solitude as well as community, it's not one or the other. And I really need to, to like, like kind of move on this a little bit because so many times we experience this individual aspect of my life is my own and I do my own thing. And we substitute that individualism for an individual faith. And we substitute that individualism for a community experience. When in reality, our individualism is just us shaking a fist. But an individual experience of faith, a personal encounter with the God of the universe through his son, Jesus Christ, when we gather in a community, we are reminded not simply of how good it feels to be here, but how the good feels don't have to end here. How because of the work of the Spirit, the same Spirit that facilitated the birth of Jesus promises to facilitate our being made new. Do we really believe that that might be possible? That the Spirit that facilitates our time is more than willing to move beyond the front door The Spirit is not held captive by these walls, but promises to be out there. The Spirit of God that is only diminished when we diminish, either intentionally or unintentionally. And I know that it's real because I'm experiencing it right now. Actually, when I wrote that, it was 3.29 a.m. Friday morning. Ever have one of those nights? You go to bed just fine. It's wonderful. It's beautiful. And then you wake up, right? And it's heavy and it's hard and it's almost impossible. Where you try all the tricks and there's nothing that will turn it off. So 3.29 a.m. Friday morning. I've been awake for nearly an hour. I figured, why go try to sleep any longer? This isn't going to work. Went outside in the sunroom, right? Popped on the fire because there's a button that you can hit and the fire comes on and that's really, really cool early in the morning. I'm kind of a wood fire guy myself, but the convenience of just hitting the button is sweet. And I just sat there. Laptop on low. My eyes adjusting. My heart was heavy and anxious. I was thinking of friends who are facing some really, really challenging things. Things that I think could take their eyes away from the potential and promise and joy that the Spirit wants to offer. And I'm thinking of another friend who is facing the uncertainty of a body that doesn't feel quite right and hasn't felt quite right for a while. And my friend is waiting for what will happen next, waiting in darkness. And I think of a colleague who is up with a brand new baby. And I think of the funeral that I participated in yesterday. My friend Jim, some of you know him. 
Two months ago in October, Jim asked me to do his wife's funeral, which I did. Two months after that, Jim's kids asked if I would do his funeral. Janny, his spouse, sickness and health till death do us part. It's the things that you think about in the middle of the night, right? I did my best. I did for my friend both times. And in doing my best, I was able to represent their lives and their allegiance and their faith in Jesus, in God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And in that, the Spirit of God made sure that those assembled experienced something profound and life-changing, not because of me, but because of the God of the universe. And that's why I do what I do. If I can introduce you, or if I can reintroduce you, if, if I can invite us to this way of life, to these words and the Savior, Emmanuel, if I can tell you a story that moves us just a little bit closer, not because of me, but because of the Spirit of God, moving us closer, keep in mind, I'm almost out of words, it's 3.29 in the morning. If I can get you to take the chance and then take that chance out of this space. That is my hope. And that is my peace. And that is my love. And that is my joy. For you and for me. Because I love you. I sincerely and authentically love you. Many of you know that an artist by the name of Rich Mullins has been incredibly influential in my faith walk. One of his songs starts like this. Hello, old friends. There's really nothing new to say. The old, old story bears repeating, and the plain old truth grows dearer every day. If you find something worth believing, well, that's a joy that nothing can take away. Luke puts it like this. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Crinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. In the same region, there were shepherds in their fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. 
you will find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in the manger. And the angel said to them, And suddenly with the angel was a multitude of heavenly hosts, glorifying and praising God, singing glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. And when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning the child. And all who heard the shepherds wondered at what they had been told. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her hearts. And the shepherds went away, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. Merry Christmas. Please pray with me. Father, we come celebrating the birth, the advent, the first advent of your Son. Father, be gentle with us as we wait for the second. Move in our hearts. Let us discover the hope and the peace and the love and the joy that is wrapped in this amazing gift the start of a song of salvation that continually repeats and moves forward into history. If you're in this space right now where you've never said yes to Jesus, I pray you'd take the opportunity to do just that. It's a relationship that starts simply, but it's a choice that you have to make. No one can do it for you. But having made that choice, there's a community here that will encourage you as we encourage one another to walk with God all of our days. Father, we thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen.